Aloha. Welcome to Hawaii's Best. Here, you'll learn what to know before traveling as we discover Hawaiian culture, local businesses, and the experiences that make Hawaii one of the most incredible places in the world. And now, your host, Brian Murphy. Aloha, and thank you so much for joining me on today's special episode about the overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom. And today marks the 131st anniversary of the overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom back on January 17th, 1893. For those of you who love Hawaii and love traveling to Hawaii, learning about Hawaii, thought it'd be appropriate to also give context to the history of Hawaii and especially the overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom. It's a story that resonates deeply within the heart of Hawaii even to today, and I'd love to share it with you and give more context of the place that we all love. So it started in the late 1800s in Hawaii. It was a time of kings and queens, of deep-rooted traditions, and a rapidly changing political landscape. The Hawaiian Kingdom, established in 1795 by King Kamehameha I, stood as a proud and sovereign nation. But beneath the surface, tensions were brewing, especially with the rise of the sugar industry led by American businessmen and missionaries. This brought a surge of American influence and interests. Today's episode isn't just about retelling history, it's about understanding the profound impact these events had on Hawaii and its people. It's a tale of courage, conflict, and the enduring strength of aloha. So as we dive into this story, we'll explore the intricate web of political maneuvers, the involvement of the U.S., and the eventual annexation that reshaped Hawaii. This is a different type of episode than traditionally on this podcast where we talk about you know some of the things to know before traveling to Hawaii, and we'll continue to do those throughout this year. You know, best luau's, you know, best island to visit is Oahu, the best island to visit for first timers, you know, stuff like that. That's really important to know if you're traveling to Hawaii, how to travel responsibly to Hawaii. And part of traveling, I think, responsibly to Hawaii is also understanding the context and history of Hawaii. So our story unfolds in a time when Hawaii was a tapestry of distinct chiefdoms each with its own ruler, culture, and traditions. The islands, uh, diverse and autonomous, thrived independently, echoing the unique spirit of each community, each island. So enter King Kamehameha the Great, a name that resonates through Hawaiian history like a legend. His journey to power was nothing short of epic. By the late 18th century, he began his quest to unify the islands, a feat that had never been accomplished before. It was a combination of strategic alliances, political savvy, and the use of Western weapons that led to his success. So by 1810, Kamehameha had achieved the unimaginable. He brought all the Hawaiian islands under one rule, thus establishing the Kamehameha dynasty. This was a monumental moment that not only altered the political landscape, but also marked a new chapter in the archipelago's history. To give more background, back in 1846, we reach a pivotal moment when Hawaii gained official recognition from the United States. This was more than just a mere uh, diplomatic gesture. It was a recognition 
of Hawaii as a sovereign independent kingdom on the global stage. This moment of acknowledgement was both an honor and a harbinger of significant changes to come. Now enters sugar, the crop that sweetened the fortunes of many, but also sowed the seeds of deep change in the Hawaiian society. The islands, lush volcanic soil, and ideal climate made them a paradise for sugarcane cultivation. Initially small in scale, the sugar industry began to grow exponentially as American and European entrepreneurs recognized its lucrative potential. By the mid-1800s, sprawling sugar plantations dotted the Hawaiian landscape, bringing wealth but also ushering in profound social economic shifts. The rise of the sugar industry in Hawaii was a double-edged sword. On one hand, it propelled the islands into a new era of economic prosperity, but on the other, it led to the emergence of a powerful new class. These businessmen wield significant influence, and their ambitions extended beyond the fields of the sugar canes. They began to play a pivotal role in the Hawaiian kingdom's political arena, gradually shaping policies and decisions to suit their interests and to grow their plantations. This influence of these businessmen marked a shift in the power dynamics within the Hawaiian kingdom, setting the stage for future political upheavals. And as a sugar industry flourished, it also transformed the demographic fabric of the islands. The plantations demanded a large workforce, leading to a significant influx of laborers from countries like China, Japan, Portugal, and the Philippines. This migration brought a cultural mosaic to the islands, still seen today, and further enriching Hawaii's diversity, but also introducing new complexities to the social landscape. And in this backdrop of economic and social transformation, the Hawaiian kingdom found itself navigating a delicate balance. One, preserving its rich culture and heritage and independence while adapting to a rapidly changing world. It became like walking a tightrope for the Hawaiian monarchy. The sugar industry's prosperity had indeed put Hawaii on the map as a significant player in the global market, but it also made the islands a focal point of international interests, particularly those of the U.S. This period in Hawaiian history is crucial for understanding the undercurrents that eventually led to the kingdom's overthrow. It was a time when Hawaii was not just a paradise of natural beauty, but also a chessboard of political and economic strategies. The kingdom's independence, its monarchy's authority, and the rights of its native people would soon be tested as never before. Later, we find ourselves in the latter part of the 19th century under the reign of King Kalakaua. This period, brimming with political intrigue and cultural shifts, was a crucial precursor to the eventual overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom. Kalakaua, often referred to as the Merry Monarch, was a patron of the arts and a champion of Hawaiian culture. He ascended to the throne in 1874 during a time when Hawaii was experiencing rapid changes, both internally and externally. His reign was marked by a delicate balancing act, striving to modernize the kingdom while preserving its unique cultural heritage. However, King Kalakaua's efforts to navigate these transformations were met with significant challenges. 
the growing influence of American and European businessmen, particularly those involved in the sugar industry, began to cast a shadow over the Hawaiian kingdom's affairs. The Hawaiian League, led by Lauren A. Thurston, was a grandson of one of the first American missionaries to Hawaii. These businessmen seeking to protect and expand their economic interests started exerting pressure on the Hawaiian monarchy, leading to increased political tension. One of the most consequential events during King Kalakaua's reign was the Bayonet Constitution in 1887. This constitution forced upon the king by a group of foreign businessmen and local allies dramatically altered Hawaii's political landscape forever. It significantly reduced the king's powers, essentially making him a figurehead. And it opposed property and income requirements for voting, effectively disenfranchising a large portion of Native Hawaiians and other ethnic groups who had previously been eligible to vote. So this constitution was a turning point symbolizing the growing influence of foreign interests in Hawaii's internal affairs. It was a stark reminder of the kingdom's vulnerability in the face of external pressures. The Bayonet Constitution's name itself reflects the force and and intimidation under which Kalakaua had to operate. It wasn't just a document. It was a manifestation into this atmosphere of political tension and diminished royal authority stepped Queen Liliuokalani, King Kalakaua's sister, who ascended to the throne in 1891 after his death. A figure of resilience and deep commitment to her nation, Queen Liliuokalani's reign began during these turbulent times marked by the kingdom's struggle to maintain its sovereignty against increasing foreign influence. Liliu Kalani, a composer, an intellectual, and a dedicated leader, was determined to restore the diminished power of the monarchy and to advocate for the rights of her people. She saw the efforts of the Bayonet Constitution and was deeply concerned about preserving the independence and cultural heritage of Hawaii. The Queen's intention to propose a new constitution aimed at restoring the monarchy's authority, and the rights of Native Hawaiians further heightened tensions with the foreign business community and their political allies. Liliuokalani, a strong and determined leader, stood firm in her resolve to restore the power and authority of the Hawaiian monarchy. Her intention to propose a new constitution aimed at reversing the disenfranchisement caused by the Bayonet Constitution was seen as a direct threat to the interests of the American businessmen particularly those in the sugar industry. So the stage was set in January 1893 when a group of American and European businessmen, along with some Hawaiian citizens, formed the Committee of Safety. This committee, driven by the interests and backed by the U.S. Minister to Hawaii, John L. Stevens, was determined to remove Queen Liliuokalani from power and establish a provisional government in Hawaii. This was a move motivated by a mix of economic interests, political ideology, and a profound underestimate of the Hawaiian people's will. So on January 17th, 1893, the Community of Safety, led once again by Thurston, with the support of U.S. Marines from the USS Boston Station Offshore, initiated the coup. It was a day that would forever be etched in Hawaiian history the day the Hawaiian kingdom was illegally overthrown. 
The presence of U.S. military forces played a critical role, providing an intimidating background to the events unfolding and sending a clear message of support for the coup. The provisional government, led by Sanford B. Dole, a lawyer and a son of American missionaries, was quickly established. This government immediately sought annexation for the United States, a move that reflected the interests of the businessmen who orchestrated the overthrow. Queen Liliuokalani, faced with the presence of U.S. military forces and the safety of her people at stake, made the heart-wrenching decision to surrender. Her surrender, however, was conditional. She yielded authority not to the provisional government, but to the United States, hoping the U.S. government would eventually restore the Hawaiian monarchy. This decision by the queen was a strategic move to prevent bloodshed and violence among her people. She believed that by temporarily yielding her authority to a foreign power, she could later appeal for justice and the restoration of her kingdom. The queen's surrender was a moment of deep sorrow and profound significance for the Hawaiian people and marked the end of a sovereign Hawaiian kingdom that stood proudly for over a century. The events of the day were not just a political coup, they were a pivotal moment that would alter the course of Hawaiian history and identity forever. The overthrow was met with a range of emotions from shock and disbelief to outrage, not just in Hawaii, but across the world. It was a move that many saw as an unjust and unwarranted intervention in the affairs of a sovereign nation. The matter in which the overthrow was executed with the backing of foreign military force, left a lasting legacy on the collective memory of the Hawaiian people and those around the world. In the aftermath of these events, the provisional government solidified its control, leading Hawaii down a path towards annexation by the United States. This period marked a significant shift in the island's political, social, and cultural landscape, setting the stage for a new chapter in Hawaiian history. In the wake of the overthrow, Hawaii found itself in uncharted waters. The provisional government led by Dole moved swiftly to consolidate power. Their ultimate goal was clear, annexation by the United States. This ambition was, however, met with varying reactions both at home and abroad. Internationally, the overthrow garnered attention and concern. Countries with diplomatic relations with the Hawaiian kingdom, including those in Europe and Japan, view the events with a mix of intrigue and apprehension. The international community, accustomed to the complexities of colonial ambitions and power struggles, watched closely to see how the United States would respond. And back in the U.S., President Cleveland's administration was caught off guard by the developments in Hawaii. Cleveland, a leader known for his anti-imperialistic stance, was skeptical of the provisional government's legitimacy and its push for annexation. In a move to discern the truth, he dispatched former Congressman James Blunt to Hawaii to investigate the circumstances surrounding the overthrow. The Blunt report, as it came to be known, was a turning point in the narrative. Blunt's findings were unequivocal. The overthrow of Queen Liliuokalani was deemed illegitimate, an act of war against a sovereign nation carried out with the improper support of U.S. military forces. The report cast a critical light on Minister John L. Stevens and his involvement in the events, and it questioned the moral and legal grounds of the provisional government's actions. 
Armed with the Blunt Report, President Cleveland approached Congress advocating for the restoration of the Hawaiian monarchy and the return of authority to Liliuokalani. However, his efforts faced significant opposition. The annexationists in the United States, bolstered by economic interests, pushed back against Cleveland's proposal. The U.S. Congress, reflecting the divided opinion within the American public and political spheres, was hesitant to take decisive action that would reverse the events in Hawaii. Amidst this political tug-of-war, Liliuokalani remained a symbol of resistance and dignity. She made fervent appeals for justice and the restoration of her kingdom, maintaining a stance of peaceful resistance. Her efforts, though heartfelt and justified, were met with resistance from the newly established powers in Hawaii and the complexities of U.S. politics. The situation in Hawaii continued to evolve, and the provisional government, sensing the reluctance of the United States government to immediately proceed with annexation, declared the establishment of the Republic of Hawaii in 1894 with Sanford B. Dole as its president. This move was an attempt to create a look of legitimacy and to further their goal of eventually annexation by the U.S. So the aftermath of the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom was a complex period marked by political maneuvering, international scrutiny, and the unwavering spirit of the Hawaiian people. It set the stage for the next chapter in Hawaii's history, its eventual annexation by the United States in 1898. So as we conclude our exploration of the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom, it's important to pause and reflect on the profound lessons and insights this historical event offers us. The story of the Hawaiian kingdom's overthrow is more than just a historical account. It's a narrative that resonates deeply with themes of sovereignty, identity, and resilience in its people. It's a tale that speaks to the enduring spirit of the Hawaiian people and their ongoing efforts to preserve and celebrate their rich cultural heritage. The story of the Hawaiian kingdom's overthrow is not just a chapter in a history book, it's a living part of Hawaii's identity, a narrative that continues to unfold and evolve. It reminds us of the power of storytelling in shaping our understanding of the world and our place in it. By exploring and sharing these stories, we honor the past, engage in the present, and contribute to a future where the voices of all people are heard and respected. So the next time you visit Hawaii and you visit a Dole pineapple plantation or a Thurston lava tube on Hawaii Island or Iolani Palace, you know that there is a lot more behind those names and those places. So thank you so much for joining me on this important exploration into Hawaii's history. And out of love and out of aloha, we honor Hawaii and its history and its culture anytime that we visit these beautiful islands. So until next time, my friends, be well. Aloha. Mahalo for listening to this episode of Hawaii's Best. To stay up to date on future episodes, please subscribe and visit us at hawaiisbesttravel.com.